his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is, dis, uh, is despised. But he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. He who does not put out his money at usury, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. So a man of character is being described here in uh, a man, woman of character, a, a follower of God, a Christian uh, that is, is being described here. Who, who is somebody uh, of character? And David starts to describe uh, somebody who, uh, if they are, their heart is set on the Lord, you should see these characters in, uh, in someone's life. It should be the fruit that comes out of someone's life. It should be you know, what, what is easily seen. And uh, when, when we consider this, who may abide in your tabernacle, who may dwell in your holy hill, to be able to approach the Lord. You know, who now for us in today's uh, where uh, today's world, you know, when you look at a tabernacle as a dwelling place, uh, we know that with us, with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit dwells within the Christian. You know, who can be in that communion with the Lord? Who can uh, who's going to please the Lord? And, um, you know, who can it, that comfort we have as we're walking with the Lord um, when when we have a when there's something off in our life. Not where we've completely rejected the Lord, but there's compromise in our life. We know it, right? We know we we know. Okay, you know what? I'm I'm compromising in this area, and there's that there's that that ministering that the Holy Spirit does, saying, "What are you doing? What are you doing? You know this is wrong. You need you know this need to be corrected and those things." But when David is describing this person of character, he's talking about somebody in verse two who walks uprightly. <clears throat> who uh, works righteousness. Now, when <clears throat> I don't know the, the origin of uh, somebody who says that's a crooked person, a crooked person, maybe, you know, uh, when you think of somebody who's, you know, walks uprightly, who has their heart steadfast on the Lord. Um, and as a result of that, there's going to be works of righteousness. You know, there's a truth that's, you know, what it says here and speaks truth in his heart. Somebody that's that's within our heart that the Holy Spirit is ministering to us, and that that the God is dwelling within us, and uh, that that the truth should be uh, in our hearts and should be coming out of our hearts. Remember, Jesus said, "Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks." Right? When, because there were there was the discussion of you know, well, are these people being defiled by not following these these specific religious rules and rituals? And Jesus had to describe to them, no, it's what comes out of a man that defiles a man, not what goes into a man. It's not what about, okay, did you eat this or that, or did you wash your hands in this way or anyway? It's what, what comes out, and, and what is going on in our heart comes out in our mouth. And so, so when we see here, uh, and speaks the truth in his heart, if we're following the Lord and we're walking uprightly um, and our works are righteous, then the truth is having its way in our heart. 
when it's when we have deviated, when we're when we're compromising here or there, that you know, when we get to know each other well enough, uh, sometimes uh, you know we can get to a point like, hey, hey, what's going on in your life? You seem to be you seem to be off. Not that we're sitting around grading each other. Don't get me wrong, but there's that there's that evidence, you know, and mostly seen uh, in uh, if if somebody lives with somebody, right? Uh, there's uh, you know there's nobody that knows me better than my wife. You know, uh, and, and she knows, okay, there's this, there's that. Okay. What's going on? You all right? You know, and the same with me with her, I can see that. And, uh, what should be, what should uh, be coming from me is when you, when you see these words, uh, uprightly righteous truth, those should be the things that are coming, uh, that are, are coming out of the, the fruit of my life, that it's, that it's seen that I'm walking in uprightness, that there's, uh, righteousness, uh, coming from my life, there shouldn't be a compromise. Like, wait a minute, did you know John? John says this, but he does this. Uh, okay, those two things aren't aren't lining up. They're you know, it's not reflecting the righteousness that the Scripture is saying. You know, it speaks truth in his heart that with that we um, as Christians rejoice in the truth. That there's a rejoicing in truth. Um, we were uh, talking this morning about Jesus. Proclaiming the truth, and that that cost him many followers when he was speaking hard things for them to understand. That they got freaked out by the truth when when they were say when Jesus said, you know, "Eat my flesh and drink my blood." They didn't understand. He's not talking about cannibalism. The Bible specifically uh, just denounces anything like that. He's he's speaking spiritually that you need to ex, uh, that you uh, me that that one needs to ex, uh, accept Jesus in our hearts that that his body was broken for us that his blood was poured out and by his sacrifice we can come to him it, do we believe in him and whom was sent to us that came down from heaven that discussion he had about being the bread of life and he's talking about the fulfillment available uh, to anyone who would believe to come to God and uh, through Jesus Christ. So when we see these things, the, the uprightness in heart, uh, the, the righteousness, the truth, those, those things should be there. Now, uh, those things are the positive things uh, that, that should be evident in our life. Uh, in our life. And when you look at, at the things here listed in verse three, these are the things that, okay, so this should be, and, and also these should not be right. So these things should come together. This should be evident. These things should not be uh, seen. So, so in, in examining ourselves, uh, so for us to walk around thinking we've got to examine everybody else, this is a self-examination. And, and as we examine, remember Jesus warned about, hey, uh, plank eye, you know, uh, you know, you got the plank in your own eye and you're worried about the speck in the other. This should be this should be speaking to us in our hearts. Uh, he who does not backbite with his tongue. Now that backbiting, that means when someone's back is turned, when someone isn't aware, uh, there, there shouldn't be a, a speaking bad about somebody when they're not aware uh, rather than. Hey, you know what? I, there, there's this situation I need to deal with. What does Matthew 18 tell us? Go to that person. It doesn't say go around and 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 start stirring up everybody else that so everybody knows. Well, this person just did this about this to me, and uh, I I need to go tell everybody else rather than going and saying, Hey, I mean, my parents used to do that. You know, it, you know, if if uh, 
you know, one of us did uh, something to the other, say you're sorry. You need to go to that person and address it, right? That's the, it's the basics, right? What are we taught as little kids? When you've done something wrong against somebody, you know, uh, to, to go and, and, and address it between you and them. Hey, I'm sorry. Go and, and but that, that backbiting would be to betray somebody. That, that that betrayal wouldn't be part of our uh, our uh, our conduct at all. That we wouldn't say and act as a friend in this way, and then as soon as that person's gone, backbiting, talking bad about them. Because what does that do? The scripture tells us that we should consider others more important than ourselves. Paul wrote that. If we're doing that, we should be lifting them up. You know, in our conversations, man. You know what? I was so blessed by what so and so said to me today. So blessed by that person uh, just uh, just praying or, you know, I, I'm blessed by what they shared with me rather than oh, I think they're all holy. They're coming over here, you know, sharing the scripture like I don't know it. You know, we can, it, 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 that's it as, as weird as that sounds. It's it's written for a reason. You know, there's uh, you know, when the scriptures warn against gossiping and it, and, and it condemns gossiping, it's for a reason. Because it rips somebody down. Our, what we should be doing in the church is edifying, building each other up, rather than tearing them down. This backbiting would be an unexpected attack on somebody. So when when uh, David is explaining, you know, who who uh, basically it can be in in a um, we can look at verse one and just look at it. You know, who who can be standing uh, in right standing with the Lord, and and who can have a strong relationship with the Lord? If you're looking at who may abide in this tabernacle, in your tabernacle, who may dwell in your holy hill. Now, ultimately, for us to get into heaven, uh, these things should be uh, evident uh, evidence of us as Christians that we've accepted Jesus's uh, Jesus's sacrifice, and He has worked in our life, and these things should be uh, pouring out of our lives. Uh, so it's important to understand the, that these the, the positive things that are mentioned here, that someone who walks uprightly, who works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart, but also that these things that are listed here should not be said of us. That they, 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 you know, he who does, uh, he who does not backbite, he, uh, nor does evil to his neighbor. Uh, that, that shouldn't be. Now, uh, I, we discussed it briefly this morning. A neighbor is really anybody that the Lord puts in our way to, that we could minister to. It's not just the person that lives next door to us or sits. You know, I remember being in, in school where they're like, now turn to your neighbor. And I'm like, my neighbor, my neighbors aren't here. You know, just as a kid, I'm like, but I don't see Mr. Eldridge and Mrs. Eldridge or, you know, because I had elderly neighbors next to me. And I'm going, I, you know, it didn't make sense to me. And then I'm, oh, okay, the person next to me. Okay, I get you. So, but that, that neighbor, um, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, when Jesus said, love the Lord your God, the whole law can be summed up. Love the Lord our God with all our soul, mind, uh, mind, soul, and strength, right? Heart, soul, mind, and strength. There we go. Uh, and uh, love our neighbors ourselves. That, that the whole law can be consumed, it can be wrapped up in love. And that, that love should be uh, what we have for God and for our neighbor and who's anybody who's around us. That love should be the evidence of us as Christians, in our, that, that we have Christ dwelling within us. That we, nor does evil to his neighbor. A Christian should never be doing evil. There, there shouldn't be an, there shouldn't be evil coming from us. It shouldn't be seen in us. Uh, and uh, uh, just looking at these, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend. 
you know, that, that we would be uh, reliable. You know, that this, this is written, you know, so that when, when we read the scriptures that we can, be, um, uh, we can be purified and we can be strengthened and built up. So what we see here, you know, David, David is writing that uh, there should be this positive evidence and there should be, this should not be a part, like I've said before, but these, you know, nor take up reproach against his friend. Now, uh, I don't know about you, but how many times did I hear or think, I thought this person was my friend. I thought this was a friend of mine. A friend doesn't do this. You know, how many times have we had to have the conversation with somebody like, yeah, my friend did this to me. Really? My friend says this. My friend, is that person really a friend if they're doing these things? Friend. Friend means somebody that, that, that we have a close connection to and that we have a good relationship with. If that, if that friendship is, is, uh, is for somehow compromised on, you know, your, uh, on our side or on someone else's side, okay, how does that get reconciled? It, sh- it shouldn't be a, a toxic relationship. There should always be uh, love coming uh, from the Christian's heart and, uh, and not a reproach against his friend. Now, as Christians, we should also, uh, what we see here, in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he honor those, honors those who fear the Lord. Now, it's important for us as Christians to be strong in our walk, not just so that we can, we can benefit spiritually, but that others around us would understand there's something different in that person's life and that, that they can see in our life a difference and that it's connected to the Lord. I've had a conversation and I automatically assumed somebody was a Christian because they were nice. This was, Oh goodness, 20 years ago. And, um, not that he wasn't a nice guy, but I automatically assumed he was a Christian and that he was a follower of Christ. And uh, I, not that I hate these people, but they're, they've accepted a lie, the Mormons, and uh, they've accepted a lie. And uh, they, they're, that's their doctrine. I remember I was, I was in the military and I was having a discussion with a military member and his son was there. And he said, oh, I went on a missions trip. Automatically, I didn't know much about Mormonism. Automatically, I'm like, oh, I knew you were a Christian, and like that, yeah, yeah. And I, and then it came out later. He's a Mormon, and I'm like, oh, we don't have Christ in 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 common. And it was that assumption, you know. It, it, so it, it may not always be uh, that uh, that somebody is, uh, you know, a person uh, that uh, who who's vile or or anything there. But uh, it's important that we uh, would be people that when people see what's going on in our lives. That they wouldn't just see us as a moral person, but they understand that what is coming out of us, the, the good that is coming out of us, are the fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, patience, kindness, uh, gentleness, self-control. You know, those things that, that, that those things are, are a, a result of us walking with the Lord. We should also understand that when we see that uh, you know, someone is, uh, is vile and uh, that they... The, the, uh, but he honors those who fear the Lord. Those are those are two important things that we need to be able to to understand uh, the differences. And now, oftentimes, it's not too hard uh, to find out who's vile. All it takes is a few minutes around the water cooler, break time, uh, you know, or just being at work or whatever. And what is what's coming out of? Remember what Jesus? What's come out of a man? Not what goes into a man, but what comes out of a man? That vileness. 
Um, there are times where, and, and in my pre-Christ days, it was whatever music I wanted to listen to, and as vile as it could be, and it just swearing, 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 swearing. I got into 90s hip-hop music, and it can be just awful, right? And it's just swear after swear, and drugs, and women, and and I'm and and even even what understanding I had of the Lord was going, what are you doing? And I'd get to a point where I felt vile within myself. Like, even though my standards were very low, um, I still understood what I was doing was wrong. But that vile person. Now, uh, vile uh, is celebrated in our culture right now. It's just celebrated. It's I, I've seen uh, the, the previews for a movie, and it's uh, the movies like Bros or Dudes or something and it's it's talking about two homosexual people and them them saying like you know amongst uh, and I don't even I, I'm probably gonna because I've only seen the commercial like twice but what it's doing is it's talking about somebody who's who's gay trying to hide it from their friends and then he meets another guy and then they they build this they're they're using comedy uh, to to build it up and 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 to make homosexuality more normal while pushing out anything that's of the light any anything that's that's godly that that we are a bigot uh, but this is normal and they'll say dude it's 2022 what's your problem that's the argument okay i and and once again i know and love several people that are homosexuals i do not hate them but that lifestyle just like any other lifestyle that's in that's that's contrary to the word of god I I can't accept the lifestyle. I love you, but I can't accept your lifestyle. So I can't say, yeah, yeah, no, you're you're good with God. No, you're good. Yeah, this was written a long time ago. It doesn't really matter. What is happening is that what's being shown on TV, that vileness. You know what's what's being played. Uh, Shane and I were and uh, we're talking today um, in between services and and just talking about music. And uh, we, were, we were discussing that, you know, oftentimes satanic music is, is, I don't know what your mind does when you hear satanic music. Does it go to that, that death heavy metal, face painted black, you know, horns and fire and blood and all those things? Vile music is everywhere. Turn on to Country Station. May not be the first song you hear, but the second, third, fourth, and fifth are probably about drunkenness, sleeping around. And just partying and doing whatever. The satanic message is in all of it. So that that I mean, because all it all it takes is a is a quick look at First Corinthians six, where it's listing all those people who will not uh, not inherit the kingdom of heaven, and uh, to understand the vileness that's in our 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 country right now. And that's just accepted. Hey, you know, I just you do you, and you know everybody does what it, what's right in their own eyes. Who are, who are we to judge? Look, man, I'm not going to judge you. You do your own thing. And it's just getting more and more vile. How many conversations? Just think of yourself. Have you had with somebody coming home saying you'll never guess what my kid came home from school saying, or uh, you know my my nephew, my niece, or my friend? You'll never guess what what happened in the school. Uh, what was said. You know, or, or what's being taught in the schools. That vileness. It doesn't take much to look at what is vile. But what's what's scary is that what is vile is being uh, trying to be pushed so much further into normalcy. 
where holiness and uprightness of heart, uh, walking in truth, righteousness, is being is is trying to be that fire is trying to be quenched out. In whose eyes, in the in, in the one that's walking upright and speaking the truth in their heart, in in someone who's following the Lord's eyes, a vile person is despised. Despised. Should we despise them so that we don't want to share the the, the, the gospel with them? No. But it shouldn't be someone that we're running to. Hey, I just want to go hang out with that person. The person's funny. At least they make me. Laugh. I know it's wrong, but they make me laugh. We should have nothing to do. Like it shouldn't be one of those things where you know we're, we just can't wait. You know, I, I know I know they're wrong, but can you tell another joke? Tell tell another joke that's going to demoralize women, or that's going to just be perverted and mess with my mind. And you know, those things it says here that as someone is walking uprightly, uh, working righteousness, and speaking the truth in their heart, that vileness should be despised. But he honors those who fear the Lord. That we would honor, that we would, we would cherish the time that we have to, to spend with others that are walking with the Lord, that fear the Lord, that we, that we want to be in fellowship and have that Christian fellowship. That we, uh, I don't know, maybe it's, it's just staying after uh, for a, and I'm not saying if you didn't stay for the fellowship dinner today, you're not desiring that. But that's that's that type of fellowship that we that we would honor, love and honor one another, and that we would that we would instead of being, uh, you know, being uh, so in awe of those who are famous that might be pushing that vileness and 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 the sin, that we would rather, you know, what I honor somebody who fears the Lord. I'm blessed by this. Uh, this man's teaching or you know what I love going to that women's Bible study because I'm really blessed uh, by what we discuss that we would honor that time that we have uh, and honor love and honor one another uh, not that we're worshiping one another but honoring that on that we that we love one another and we that our time with them is precious who swear to <clears throat> He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. You know, somebody that can be relied upon. Uh, that, that, that we are somebody that can be uh, trusted with, with what we say we're going to do. Now, um, there's, a, uh, there's a, a command in the scripture against um, swearing, but let our yes be yes and our no be no. That we, would, that we wouldn't be people that are, uh, that are uh, wishy-washy. You know, that we would be steadfast, um, that, that, that we're, we're not changing, that we're, hey, I'm, I'm in this mood today, so you're going to see this side of John today. I'm in this mood today, so you're, the world's going to see this side of me. And if you don't think they're watching, if you don't think they're watching, I've got news. Because how many times... Uh, have I just, and uh, this isn't that I'm, you know, walking around and everybody's in, oh, hey, look at John. But I've, I've heard people say, hey, you know what? Um, when we've gone on the business trip, military, you know, we go on the trip, John's not going to go to the, I heard them say this, and I know I've shared it. And this isn't a, 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 a hey, look at me thing. I just have to share because I've I'm just sharing my experience as a Christian with you. But I remember them saying, don't even bother trying to get John to go to the bar. He's not going with us. Don't don't think don't even try to get him to take a drink because he's not going to. 
it's not, I'm not, I'm not trying to lift myself up, but what, what, what was encouraging me because I know I'm not perfect. I know I'm sinful. I know that there was, there's a part of me that looks back on the bad old days, right? We'll consider, you know, they're called the good old days, right? The good old days. And we used to party together. And those are, I, I listened to Ken Graves say that. No, those are the bad old days. You know, those were the days that we were on our way to hell. You know, that, that ACDC song, Highway to Hell. It's a catchy tune. You catch yourself singing that. Understand, that's a that's a tune about, I, we know we're going to hell, and my friends are going to be there, and I don't care because we're going to party down there. Nothing can be further than the truth. There's no party there. There's, there's despair and sorrow and the torture of the soul that there is absolutely no hope. That song is a foolish song. So I, I encourage you as a Christian, don't drive down the road saying, you know, and, and don't, I, there, I, I enjoy some secular songs. I do, you know, and I, I, I but there are some that I'm not, I'm not going to be turning up. Highway to hell. Okay. Wasn't that guy just talking about the, the, the scripture? You know, it wasn't that guy, you know, so just, just understand shouldn't shouldn't be uh, celebrated you know rolling down the street nobody should hear that blasting from uh, from my 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 windows being down and in, in the summer just i like loud music and when i'm by myself i especially on back roads my music is cranked up you know and hey i you drive by and you're going to hear a song you don't know phil wickham or whatever you know uh, whatever it is and i like i like christian rock some of it's pretty heavy and there might be the assumption of what is that guy listening to? Well, you know, this is a band called Disciple. And they, every every lyric they write, every uh, after every line, there. If you look inside the album cover, if people still buy the album cover, there's a scripture next to it that Kevin Young put in there because he was, you know, the Lord put it on his heart to write that, and he ties it too, though. You know, so you might hear that, but but you should never hear "Highway to Hell" blasting from my radio. You know, that's a celebration of you know what we're just in rebellion, and it's a song of rebellion. People are watching. You know, the, the, our coworkers are watching. Our family members are watching. They're watching us. You know, there shouldn't be a a, a shadow of turning uh, in us. There shouldn't be. A, you know, we should be reflecting our Maker, and um, you know it, that we do not change. That we're not going back and forth. That there there isn't this. Okay, well, John, John's. You know, this way today, things must be going good. We should be steadfast in the way we conduct ourselves. Uh, and I, I'm not saying that we can never have a bad day, but but the, our character should not be changing. All right? We shouldn't be, I'm going to cuss you out this day, and then I'm going to come in and I'm going to apologize. Okay, first of all, we shouldn't be cussing anybody out as Christians. Maybe a new Christian, uh, you know, as the Lord grabs a hold of us and changes us, and, and we got to go back and say, you know what, cussing shouldn't be a part of my life, and I shouldn't be trying to embarrass you, I shouldn't be attacking. But what should happen is as we grow in our faith, that, you know, that, that stuff should be going away and they, there should be more of a steadfastness in our life and there shouldn't be this and that uh, in a day that, that what is seen as in us is someone who does not change, somebody who can be relied upon, that our yes is yes and that our no is no, that we can be taken for our word and be reliable. Verse 5, he who does not put out his money at usury, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. So David writing this is somebody that, uh, you know, he had seen the best and worst that men had to offer. 
you know, when things were good and bad. You know, David, when they're in a position of leadership, uh, how many times have you heard of somebody when they rise in uh, in power or when they get a lot of money? Uh, you guys might have heard. Uh, for me, uh, there was there was a popular rap song in the '90s: "Mo Money, Mo Problems." You know what I mean? And that's what it was. So you're laughing. You know the song. The more money you get, the more power you get, uh, the more nervous you get, the more fake people you have around you, the more uh, it, it, this just this uh, it, it draws. But what can I get? So David, being in the position he was in, uh, how many times have you heard when somebody takes over as king, they kill everybody else that was that was in the kingdom? And they wipe them all out because they might try to kill them. And there's this this power struggle and this paranoia that would set in. That we there may not be the the actual rolling of heads now, but what'll end up happening is when when power uh, and position and money can be had, uh, people flock. You know how popular are people when they have lots of money when they have lots of influence. So David would see the best and worst in people. Now, you may remember somebody like Jonathan. Jonathan, Saul's son, knew that Saul had a murderous heart toward David and that it wasn't founded. And Jonathan had to secretly warn David about a coming attack from his father. Uh, so you, when you talk about a friend like that, somebody, somebody who, uh, that, that can, uh, just be somebody that, that can be relied upon. Now, Jonathan didn't have much to gain from that, but Jonathan knew that David, uh, was, was the King that was to come and that it was from the Lord, that he was anointed of the Lord. And Jonathan recognized that. And Jonathan recognized that David had done nothing wrong. And to understand what that type of friend meant to him, and to understand that his son, the one that he should have been able to trust, and Absalom tried to take his life. Yeah, that person. So David and, 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 and uh, tried, to, tried to, a coup was in place. And he's doing everything he can to establish himself as king. And when people are coming into the city, oh, hey, what's going on today? And he'd win people by the way he'd treat them. That way, when he wanted to take over, he had more friends on his side. David saw the the rejection of those that he should be able to trust. And he saw a friend in one that one might be afraid of that, that would be the one that would turn him into his father. Right? Now, think about it. Jonathan... You know, if you look at an earthly thing, Jonathan would have been in line for the throne, but he understood what was happening, that the Lord was at, was was moving. David saw people at their best and at their worst. And he knew that there were some he could trust in and others that he couldn't. So when he says, and he's, he's talking about here, one uh, he who does not put out his money for usury, he had seen people take advantage of people, that usury, that 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 type of uh, interest, you know. What? I'm gonna I'm gonna give money, but okay. So they had to. You guys know uh, there had to be laws put in place against uh, specific types of loans that were called predatory loans, right? And what it would be it was an adjustable rate loan. 
hey, you're going to take this loan out and we're going to tell you this, but it's adjustable. We can take it. We'll give it to you at 8% or 5% or whatever. Uh, at other, and then skyrocketed up to 30% afterward. That's wrong. And even the government had to step into it. Just using people. So uh, David, in writing here, he who does not put out his money at usury. So now I own you. I gave you that $100. But remember, I said there was this interest. And, oh, you haven't paid me back yet. Guess what? You owe me now. You owe me now. Now I own you. You know, it's starting to use that. And that's we, we all know that that type of, uh, of thing is wrong. Uh, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. You know, uh, that uh, the just understanding someone who doesn't take advantage of somebody, um, that uh, taking a bribe, you know, one that isn't swayed. Now, because why would somebody take a bribe? Take a bribe so that you can gain something, right? So there's a bribe. Hey, turn your eyes uh, away from this that I'm going to do that is wrong. You know, that, that a Christian should never say, you know what, I'm, I, I didn't see anything. I'm going to turn my eyes away. You know, I know what you're doing is wrong. I'm going to act like I didn't see it rather than saying, what are you doing? That's wrong. You know, what's being said here, uh, a bribe against the innocent. Hey, you're going to turn, you, you don't know anything that's happening, but this is going to have, this person's innocent, but yeah, we don't really care. Uh, I need to gain something. So uh, uh, why don't I just pay you off? Or you can have whatever it is. That's what's being described here. Now, David in his day, uh, being in the position of power that he was, would see and hear of this uh, more than most. That you know, just maybe the the average Joe that didn't have necessarily everything to gain or wasn't around the most powerful people. But that the, there wouldn't be the compromise in in the Christian's life. Uh, you know, he who does not put out money in his usury, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. You know, somebody who can't defend themselves or somebody who's not wrong. They're innocent of whatever. But, hey, you know what? You're going to turn your you're going to turn your eyes away. We'll take care of you. And, and things are, are going to be said or done that you're, you're not going to be able to speak to. You know, we're, we as Christians are called to be men and women of integrity, that we would be ones that in uh, that word integrity. I know I explained it, but I didn't understand integrity till I got to basic training. And when I got to basic training and those the three core values of the Air Force, the, the first one, integrity first, service before self, and excellence in all we do. Right, Tom? Right? And that's drilled into you. Integrity first, integrity first, integrity first. Because that's what we need. You know, that's what that's what the Air Force wants is somebody who can be trusted. That that The, the Christian should be one that's not going to be uh, taking advantage of people and uh, trying to trying to get an upper hand so that ah now I can influence you to do what I need you to do and now I own you, you know I've actually had a conversation with my nephew this week, um, and he's he's going through some things at work and he said that there's a one of his foreman at work said that and he's a young kid he's 19 years old reliable he's driven to 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 but he, this kid wants to work and he's serious about his his work but he doesn't have a good foreman. And uh, there was a conversation between the foreman, one of the guys that's older that's, that he works with, and then uh, my nephew. And he was explaining that uh, the foreman, uh, you know, has always given him grief, you know, and, 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 and given him a hard time. So I'm trying to figure it out. Of course, the dad in me, the uncle in me wants to go give that guy an earful and say, hey, what's the problem? This isn't going to happen anymore, right? 
But I realized he's 19 years old. He has his whole adult life ahead of him. And I told him, you need to go through the proper channels. Go talk to your supervisor. You, you get into all these things and uh, go explain that when he says something where he says, no, I've got him wrapped around my finger. You know, that, that, you know, that it, what's being described here, that usury, I, I, wa I want to have a position over you so that I can influence you to do what I want you to do, um, or I can gain from you uh, and take advantage of you. And th this, this man said of him uh, that, oh, he's not going to leave here. He'll, he'll, he won't go get another job somewhere. I got him wrapped around my finger. Mm-mm. <laughs> you need to tell him that. You don't that he doesn't own you that you're not a piece of property and you need to go explain that to the to the manager and say hey this is what I'm dealing with and if that doesn't and I'm just explaining to him if if that's not dealt with make your complaint to human resources you know that 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 you shouldn't have to work in that environment nobody should have to live under those type of conditions and what's being said here what David is writing about is the the, the person that's willing to do this is not somebody who's walking uh, with the Lord. But also, as somebody is walking with the Lord, these things would never be said of us, and they wouldn't be evident in our lives. He who does not put out money at usury, nor does he take a bribe against, a bribe against the innocent. Like I said, David had seen the best and the worst of people. He had seen uh, the bribes. He had seen the untrustworthiness. He had seen... Uh, the surprise of, I didn't think this person would be an ally of mine. You know, you think of, and you study the, the life of David and what he had seen and what he had been through. And it's, it's, it's quite remarkable. He who does, uh, finishing out verse 5, he who does, uh, does these things shall never be moved. If we have a mindset of diving into our relationship with the Lord and, and letting the word dictate how we're going to conduct ourselves that we wouldn't be somebody who's uh you know i'm i'm miserably miserable miserable to be around on one day at work and i'm good at this day that that we wouldn't be moved that we wouldn't be those people that i don't know if i can say hello to that person or not today you know i was um i was at a store today and uh, i had to check out and as i was checking out the um, the cashier that I dealt with before, uh, always a good conversation. I said, "Hey, I have these things." Uh, so I just said, "Hey, I have these things," and I said, "I got I got to go grab uh, some ice over there." Also, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I was like, <laughs> "I had no idea," and I'm like, "I've got to dial this way down." I'm like, "Hey, no problem, no problem," and I'm, I'm having this discussion, and uh, and I'm just like, "I'm in no hurry." You take the time you need. The first thing I, I showed you, these are the, the first things I have. I just needed you to know when you're done with that, you know, I'll go get those other things. That that hair trigger, that, that we, we shouldn't be the person that people are nervous to talk to. We should be the person that's trustworthy. When someone looks at a Christian's life, that they understand that we have a relationship with the Father, like it is 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 described here. Who can dwell with the Lord? Who can be uh, with the Lord? That that we are people that walk uprightly, that we work righteousness, and that we speak truth in our heart, and that these the good things are seen in our lives. That that people aren't afraid to have a conversation with us. They don't know. Well, what mood is this person? I don't know. You know, one day they talk to me about God, the next day, I don't know, you know, or, hey, you know, this person uh, seems to be trustworthy, but then I heard them talking behind my back, 
and they were saying these things. The Christians should not be. We should be steadfast in our in our conduct. That's what's being said here. We should be men and women of integrity. Does that make sense for chapter five, verse sixteen? Uh, sorry, chapter sixteen. Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. Now that that in and of itself is a prayer to God, you know, to, that the Lord would preserve us. Uh, what do we need preservation from? What is you know, salt is a uh, is a preservant, right? It's it's something that is used to preserve a meat. Now, uh, back in in uh, biblical days before re refrigeration, salt was new, was I know preservatives, right? Uh, salt was used as a preservative so that things wouldn't rot. And uh, we, we let it not be said of us that we uh, that we would rot. But uh, David is saying, preserve me, O God, uh, for in you I put my trust. Keep me uh, from uh, decaying you know, spiritually or uh, from uh, maybe even attack on his life. David dealt with a lot. You know, he always had to, you know, look over his shoulder uh, at times in his life. I didn't know if he could trust this person or not. You know, so David, you know, when he says, preserve me, O God, for uh, for in you, I put my trust. Understanding that if we place our trust in the Lord, he is going to be the one that preserves us. When we trust in him, we don't have to fear that we just say, Lord, my life is in your hands. I ask you to, to protect me, to be the one that that, that uh, is overseeing me. Then he has a command for what he what he says here, uh, not necessarily command, but he's speaking to himself. Oh, my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my God. My goodness is nothing apart from you. So when he's speaking to himself, there's a there's a, a message to himself. You have said to the Lord, my goodness is nothing apart from you. Uh, that that I believe it's in Isaiah where it says that, you know, our our. Good works are as filthy rags. Uh, you know, I, on, on our own, um, actually, I, I, I got a, a text from Oliver yesterday in the morning, and uh, uh, we were just, uh, he had just shared something funny with me, and, and uh, we were just talking about Bible verses, and I was blessed by it and got a chuckle, and, and uh, um, you know, I, I was I was myself blessed. Um, it just in uh, something that I'll share with you really quick from Romans uh, Romans ten. You don't have to turn there, but um, Romans ten verse three. Recently in in my reading says uh, Romans ten three says, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Uh, that, that understanding that Christ uh, fulfills everything uh, in the law, that you know what, what, what Paul is writing to the Romans, he's talking about someone who doesn't understand that in their own righteousness and trying to do well and to do good, uh, trying to earn a righteousness, a right standing with God, they're, they're never going to get that, that they've done enough right to pay for the right, the, the things that are wrong. Doing good things is a good thing, but to trust in those uh, those good deeds for our salvation, uh, I know uh, that, that we've uh, studied this at length, understanding that we're not going to, to, uh, to get to a point of salvation based on our works. 
though our work should be evident of the salvation that's happened in our lives. Um, and we were just talking today, I was talking with um, a young man here who who's expressed that he wants to get baptized and, you know, talking to his mother, uh, they asked him, so why do you want to get baptized? His response is, because I don't want to go to hell, <laughs> you know, you know, and he, so there'll be more of a discussion. Yes, that's that. But just understand you being dunked underwater and coming out doesn't, you know, that that's an expression of your faith uh, that, that, you know, that you believed in your heart and confessed with your mouth, that that is what saves you. And this is the symbol of the old person going down and the new one coming up. So we'll have that discussion, but just understanding, you know, those things, I don't want to go to hell. So I want to get baptized. So we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more. My goodness is nothing uh, apart from you. You know, when, when David writes that is, you know, the things that I do that are good, they don't mean anything if I don't have a proper relationship with you. As for the saints who are on the earth, <clears throat> they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. As for the saints, Catholic kid growing up Catholic, uh, saint meant something different to me. Uh, a saint was somebody who was uh, extra spiritual. Uh, somebody who the Catholic Church had verified, had uh, a miracle attributed to them, and did all kinds of X, Y, Z, and then they could be voted in after they die as a saint. So once somebody reaches sainthood, then we can pray. They, we then they can pray to them. You know, the saint, the patron saint of whatever. You know, and uh, but if you look at the scripture and you look at uh, you know epistles written by Paul, and you, it's it's all about one. A saint is someone who has a Christian who's been washed in the blood of Christ. That's who a saint is. This group, anybody who's here who is saved, you are a saint. We're not that we're super spiritual. They're like, hey, I'm Saint John, and da, 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 da. It, that's true, you know. But I have that based on what God has done for me. We are, are if you look at the scripture and you look at the the biblical definition of what a saint is, it's a follower of Christ. And, and unfortunately, that gets taken uh, to a way, a hard turn in one direction or the other of what a saint is. How many times you heard somebody say, I'm no saint? That shouldn't be uttered from a Christian's mouth, nor should we walk around, I'm a saint, you know, because people are going to mis uh, misinterpret that. But you can say, hey, you're talking about a saint. Yes, because of what Jesus did for me, but I'm no more special than you are. You know, but, but what it says here, as for the saints who are on the earth, they are the excellent ones in whom is my delight. You know, that David is blessed by those who are, are walking with the Lord. Their sorrows shall be multiplied who, who ha uh, hasten. So there's a little shift of, of gears here in verse 4. Their, their sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after another god. Their drink offerings of blood I will not offer, nor take up their names on my lips. So he's, he's addressing the pagan worship in their day was evident, and it was it would be that they would sacrifice something, they would drink its blood, uh, they were, uh, whether it was a human or an animal, uh, and uh, they would praise their God. And, and David is saying, those people's sorrows shall be multiplied, multiplied, and uh, they're they're hastening, they're 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 running toward the 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 false god. 
He said, you know, their drink offerings, I will not, uh, uh, blood, I will not offer, nor take up their name. On, they won't even be, I won't even, I won't even say that, that false God's name is what David's saying. It's such, it's something that I, I hate so much. Uh, and I, and I take a, a firm stance against now. So back in that day, that's what he's talking about. He's not going to, you know, you know, when you're talking about Baal or he's talking about all these things, you know what? I'm not even going to give them the time of day. I'm not even going to associate myself at all with them. I'm going to fix myself on, on God. And for us in, in this day, I, you know, that, that false God, you know, taking up their name on my lips by what we say, our, what we say shouldn't reflect the, the, the idolatry that's happening in the world today. It shouldn't be something that, that somebody hears us, you know, praising whatever is happening. Uh, now that idolatry or, or that, that sexual sin or that, 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 whatever it is that's taking place, whatever thing that people are worshiping here, uh, and, and have made their God, you know, that, that it wouldn't be said of us, that it wouldn't thing, uh, that thing wouldn't be on our lips, that we wouldn't be praising and, and bringing glory to, you know, hey, let's talk about getting wasted, you know, or, or whatever it might be where, wait a minute, I thought the person was a Christian. And over here they are. They're 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 over here, you know, joking. Now that that we talked, I, I just explained, you know, the the idol worship that was happening here and the idolatry that, that was happening here. But but in, in today the the glorification of of whatever sin might be happening. It's funny. I, I I've seen it and I, I've I've heard everybody say, oh, it's funny thing. To, you know, uh, you know, I there are, you know these these awful stickers that I've seen on cars that are just pornographic, right? I have three daughters and I've had to explain to every single one of them as we're driving. Yeah. That person worships the God of sex. They, they worship that and, and they're driving around with these vulgar statements on their car. I remember my, my daughter, we're just walking into a store uh, here locally. I think we were walking into Walmart and I've got to direct my daughter's eyes this way. Because I don't want her seeing what that had to say, whatever that 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 vile um, bumper sticker had to say. <laughs> yes, it is embarrassing. It's wrong. Lice, license plates that now now they're like cracking down on. Well, you can't have these license plates or whatever. What's that? Under the guise of freedom of speech, yes. No, there's. You know what? Some things are just inappropriate. No, you know. And you can go cry and spin around on the floor like a three year old being told no. You know, and and kick your feet and cry. You can go do whatever you want. The answer is no. You know that those. You know those things. You know, seeing seeing that type of uh, uh, thing here that that is just glorifying their God. Uh, you know, whatever they're in service to nor take up my name on their lips. You know, our speech should be different than that of the world. And it shouldn't be like, oh, oh, you know what? I never knew that guy was a Christian. I knew he didn't do this or that, but I never, I, you know, I worked with him for 10 years. I had no idea he was a Christian. You know, that, that you know, our speech should be different. Verse 5, oh, Lord, you are the per oh, Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. 
The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. That blessing from the Lord. You know what? All that stuff, all the junk and everything, I can come to the Lord and say, you know what? You're my portion. You're my cup. You're the one who maintains everything. I can just trust in you and know that I have joy and peace in walking with you. And just that's a that's a grateful statement that's being made in five and six. I will bless the Lord, verse seven. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. That the Lord is faithful to counsel us. That that He'll speak to our hearts. That we can come to the Word, guys, and we can find the comfort we need. That we can find, you know, in a time of of anxiety or fear, that we can come to the Lord and understand that the Word is has everything written written in here can meet every need that we have, that we can find our comfort in the Lord and through his word, that we can come to him. The counsel we get to, now that might be a counsel in prayer, where we go and we go to that prayer closet and go, Lord, I need to hear from you. And the Holy Spirit will counsel us and he'll minister to us. It might be that the Lord says, yes, go to your, just just be in the scripture and he's going to speak to us. I'm talking to Shane about, ministering he's he's recently started teaching and uh we were just discussing you know i'll I'll confess there are times that i've been up here and and i feel i just get done we pray amen and i'm like that was a complete disaster i felt completely lost i didn't have anything together my notes i got confused i stuttered when i wrote or i I read you guys know uh when i read sometimes i'll get i'll get tongue-tied or uh, you know, because my I'm reading too fast and my mind and my tongue hasn't caught up with me. And I'll do all those things. And at the end of it, I've had people come up and go, you'll never understand, you know, what the Lord spoke to me. And I'm like, how? How in the world did that? No, no, that doesn't make any sense. And then there have been times like, wow, that, you know, that really, see, and, and it's just like, and I'm not saying I, I want anybody to rush up, and, you know, anything, but I'm just amazed. And what we were talking about is it's the word that does the work. The word does the work. You know, what, what, uh, the, the person who's teaching, what we need to do is just sometimes reading. I came to a Bible study, men's Bible study here years ago. And Will sat down and he read the Sermon on the Mount. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And I was, I, we, all, we didn't know. Do you remember that, Casey? I did it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did it myself. Okay. Um, I remember, now I remember. Um, Will wasn't here and, and the Lord just said, just read. And what happens? The Lord speaks to each one of our hearts and ministers. Hey, remember this? I'm going to minister to you here. You know, when David is talking about, you know, I I will bless the Lord uh, who has given me counsel. The Lord counsels us. The Lord ministers. He speaks to us. If you're looking for the cloud in the sky to spell out the answer to our prayer, maybe. <laughs> More often than not, 99.9% of the time, or maybe a, a, a lot of nines after that, uh, the Lord is going to speak to us right through here. The counsel he gives us in his, is in his word or in the private time in, our, in prayer. Or he might give that to a brother or sister that says, hey, you know what? The Lord was speaking to me and we were talking and the Lord gave me this to share with you. The counsel of the Lord is right here. We have it right here. We've got the Lord's, we can ask the Lord to speak to it. Lord, please speak to me. And we get into the word. He's speaking to us. It's the word of God. The the Bible is the word of God. There's never a wasted time in the scripture. Never read and go, oh, 
all that did was talk about so-and-so begot so-and-so. It's there for a reason. Start thinking about it. Why was that there? Oh, for genealogies. Why are genealogies important? Oh, so we can understand this. And, oh, I can tie that to Luke chapter 3. And, oh, cool, genealogies have to do with the line to Jesus Christ. That's awesome. And that's going to that's gonna minister to you. So don't be discouraged if you're reading in Leviticus. Sometimes it's not the most exciting of things to talk about, you know, how a hand is supposed to be washed or how all these things. Just understand the whole counsel of God. We have it right here. Just keep reading. Just keep pushing through the Lord. It may not be... It may not be the biggest of blessings to you now, but as you keep going through, and you'll maybe the next time you read through, if you've read the Bible, go back and read it again. And then when you read it again, read it again, and read it again. We should never be done reading the Bible. I've had conversations, I know you guys probably have, of people, yeah, I've read the Bible. Cool. What did you think? That was pretty good. When was that? Oh, 20 years ago. I've read everything. I've read the Quran. I've read da 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 they read as a spiritually blind person. They don't have understanding. They don't have the discernment. That believing heart that is needed. But we talked about it this morning. That whole group that was following Jesus, uh, they, they were all after him because of what he can provide for them on a physical plane. We want this guy to help us, free us from, uh, from Rome. We want this guy to give us our, our free you know, fish sandwiches. Well, those were good. He's got more of those. Let's just follow him. He's going to take care of all those things. And uh, just understanding that, that, that all the fulfillment we want. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. You know, when we consume Jesus, when we, when we understand who he is, and, and, and we're constantly filling ourselves with the word of God and, and, and taking that in, that we're going to be strengthened and we're going to find our counsel in the scriptures. Verse 7 continues, my heart also instructs me in the night seasons. He's saying that as the Lord gives him counsel, the Lord speaks to his heart. We've talked about how deceitful our hearts can be, but what he's saying is that when I'm, when I'm walking with the Lord and when I'm, I'm taking my counsel from, from the Lord, he's ministering to me. Uh, in the night seasons, the dark seasons, right? Night represents dark. In those dark seasons, the Lord, his counsel prepares me for that, and I can walk through, and uh, I, I can walk in the strength of the Lord, knowing that his word has counseled me and that I can rely upon him. Verse 8, I have set the Lord always before me, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. That, that setting the Lord before me, that my decisions, my life is going to be based upon the Lord being in front of me, that leading me, that, that I've got God right where he says, my Lord is my right hand, I, I, the Lord at my right hand, I shall not be moved. I'm walking with God. He's here with me. <clears throat> he says, you know, I have set the Lord always before me, that, that I would be focused on those things that are eternal. You know, that we would be eternally minded, that we would understand that the Lord is before me, that the, I've set the Lord above me, that, that he's, in, he's in charge, and I'm going to put myself uh, in submission to him. I, he's before me. I'm going to follow him. I've set God's ways in front of me. I'm going to follow God's ways, and that's where I'm going to be, find my fulfillment, find my strength. And because God is with me, I'm not going to be moved. That steadfastness of heart that's required from us that that we need to have and if we don't have that 
we need to just continue to pour into the scriptures even more. If we don't have that, and there's that drive that, that keeps pulling us one way or the other, that's our enemy and our flesh trying to pull us away from God. Dive When we feel that urge to return to the old life or, or to turn from walking with, remember uh, where, where, where God's word says uh, that we shouldn't turn from the right uh, to the right hand or the left. I can't remember exactly where it was. Uh, uh, you know, Jesus is teaching, so I, I don't want to mis, uh, misquote anything. But we, we are told as Christians not to turn to the left hand or the right, but just to walk uh, with the Lord. The Lord before us. I have put the Lord. Uh, I, I have set the Lord before, uh, always before me, because He is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Understanding that with the Lord, He is everything that we need. There's nothing we need to worry about. There's uh, no fear that we, you know, do we fear? Yes. Do we worry? Yes. But that's just because our faith isn't where it needs to be. We need to just, you know, talk about fear. Remember, we, we've recently studied here in the last couple of weeks, you know, uh, th those that feared when Jesus was with them, uh, the, the disciples, as they're in the boat with Jesus and, and Jesus standing, oh, you have little, oh, you have little faith, you know, and he rebukes the wind and everything goes calm, you know, and then later when he's walking, uh, you know, on the sea and uh, and uh, they're fearful, oh, that's a ghost and everything. And, uh, and Jesus comes and he calms the storm again, just understanding that he is the one uh, that, will, that will set our heart steadfast so that we would not be moved. Verse 9, therefore my heart is glad and my, and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you will, so we'll stop right there because we'll get into a prophecy here in a second. So therefore my heart is glad and my, my glory rejoices. My flesh is, uh, also will rest in hope. Why is that there? Why is the therefore therefore, right? Will has said that before. Uh, because I've set my heart on the Lord. I've set the Lord before me always because he is at my right hand. Because he is at my right hand and the Lord is, uh, is in front of me and I will not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad. That's that's the that's the byproduct of having a, a proper relationship with the Lord. My heart is glad, and my glory rejoices. My my flesh will, uh, also will rest in hope. That's uh, that I that things are in order in my life because I've set the Lord before me, and I'm walking with Him as I should. It's when we stray that's where the problems happen. It's not that the Lord's moving away or that we can't trust in the Lord. It's, wait a minute, I know the Lord's before me, but I'm going to go left or right so I can just bend around him for a minute. No, that's where everything starts falling apart. <laughs> Nosedive, right? It doesn't take long, right? Verse 10, for you will not leave my soul, uh, soul in Sheol, uh, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Now that, uh, David wrote that in and of himself for what he was going through, but it's actually a prophecy too, that Jesus's body would not see corruption, that he, his body didn't rot. So that's a, that's a, a messianic prophecy uh, there in verse 10. Verse 11, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. If we're looking for a filled life, that's where we find it. You guys ever notice with commercials? Commercials are designed. I worked in sales. Commercials are designed to create a need and a want in, in us. You ever notice that? Go look at some of the old commercials from like the 50s and 60s. They're always funny. 
you know, they're like, hey, you know, and they're, they're saying, what you really need in your life is this. And then what the, the you know, the, the um, didn't you work in sales also, Becky? Yes. Okay. So you know how, what I'm talking about. Sorry to put you on the spot there, but, but that's what it is. It's to create a desire for something. Those earthly things, no matter how they're packaged and that desire, I, don't get me wrong. Some things are like, oh, hey, that's exactly what I needed. I've been dealing with this or whatever, and you know, I'm not saying those things are wrong. But that's how sin works. This is really awesome, and it's going to give you this in your life. <clears throat> wrong, and this is where it really leads, right? Sin's fun for a while. Sin's fun, and it seems like it's going to do everything we wanted in life. Hey, I'm just going to go down the party in life, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to gain these relationships, and I'm going to get, you know, what I want for for pleasures and all these things that are going to happen. And then wait a minute, what's happening here? My life is completely falling apart, and I'm an, I'm I'm just a wreck. You know that that side, but understanding on the opposite side of that, I love this here where it says, "You will show me the path of life." He's speaking to God. You will show me that path. Now, what we understand is that the path that the Lord takes us on isn't always the easiest. Easiest, You know, that narrow way, right? That narrow path isn't always going to be the easiest. You know, where, where, where Jesus said, broad is the way that leads to destruction, right? Now, that narrow path, that's what we want. We want, you know, your, your, your word is a lamp uh, to my feet and a light unto my path, right? Your word that and what he, what he says here, you will show me the path of life. Where, how, through the word, you know. That's what I love about this this walk we're on as Christians. It's we're not on this mystical walk to try to figure out how do we get to God and how do we just read the Bible, apply it to our lives, and walk with the Lord. Submit ourselves to the Word of God, and what we find in there is what he says here in your presence is fullness of joy. It doesn't say in there, in in uh, in your presence, uh, there's a little bit of joy. I find some joy to be in the presence of the Lord, to be plugged in and walking with the Lord is joy. Now, joy isn't connected to good things happening in our lives, right? Joy means we can have joy uh, in times that are good and times that are bad. I'm not saying it's easy, but we understand that if we're in the presence of the Lord and we're walking with the Lord, we're seeking his face, we're going to have his joy regardless of what we're going through. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I got choked up singing that song once shortly after. This was within the last year when I had just lost my, my, my sister. And we, you guys just kept singing. And... I couldn't keep singing for a minute. And I just, I, I still, there's that sorrow. You know, I, I just lost my sister. You know, Lord gives, Lord takes away. Blessed be in the name. When we go through things and we understand, you know, I'm still going through this, but the Lord is still my joy. I still have the Lord. He hasn't forsaken me. The Lord hasn't turned his back on me. You know, those hard times are going to come. In your presence is fullness of joy. Walking with the Lord, having a proper relationship with the Lord, understanding that that is the fullness of the joy that we're going to experience here. Think of how much better it's going to be in his presence. 
I've heard people say before, like, oh, yeah, great, we're just going to go to heaven. What are we going to do, sing all the time? What else are we going to do? You know, would you, would you rather go to work? <laughs> you know, that, that joy, that, that the Lord's presence is our joy, that we would be in his presence. We don't have to worry about, there's no sunlight. He is the light, right? There's the, we just, we're just in his presence. That's the joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. This world will share sinful pleasures and desires that lead to destruction. The, the pleasures that come from the Lord, it's right here, are pleasures forevermore. The, the gifts that the Lord has for us, what God has for us, are pleasures forevermore. That's Just think of the difference. This one will destroy your marriage. This one will destroy your life and your reputation, whatever it is. There's a song by a band, by Disciples. And I, any of us can be blessed by it. It's a little bit, a little bit rocky, but it's it's so blessed. The song is called "Dear X," and what he's saying is, "You don't own me anymore, dear hate. I know you're not far, you know." And he, it, the lyrics are are really strong. And he says, "You know, dear shame, I was safe in your arms, or I'm gonna mess up, uh, you know, all of them. I haven't. I'm gonna listen to it on the way home and just crank it, and and be, that'll be the song that you know somebody might hear as I, my windows will be up. It's too cold." And it's not like I'm trying to draw attention as I'm driving. I'm just saying sometimes if it's hot, I'm rolling my windows down. I don't really care. But, uh, okay, I've deviated way too much. What I'm saying is is I'm going to rock out of that dear ex. And I, I've heard some people think that, oh, he was writing that to his girlfriend. Oh, his, his ex. No, it's that ex. Dear whatever used to own me. And the, the, it says, go ahead. You're never going to take me. You can bend, but you're never going to break me. Um, I was yours. I'm not yours anymore. Um you don't own me. That's that's the chorus. And it's it's such a great song. It is a little heavier. It's not screaming or anything, but it'll get your head moving a little bit. I highly encourage it because it's a song that we're saying that I don't I don't live that life anymore. That old life is gone. I had the discussion with my mom uh, this week. That old life, the newness of life in Christ. That we can understand that old life is gone. That, that the, the scriptures specifically tell us that, that if anyone is in Christ, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed, behold, all things have become new. Meditate on that. Understanding that old person is gone. Yes, are we going to have struggles in life? Yes. But understanding that which owned us before doesn't own us anymore. We have put ourselves under the lordship of Christ. He owns us. We're his property. He's going to purge. He's going to push that stuff out. For some of us, it might be a long, lifelong battle. It might be a struggle here and there. You know what? Keep going in the struggle. Some of us learn like that, and it's gone. And we're walking with the Lord. But just understand that when David writes here, you will show me the path of life, and your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. There is no pleasure on earth that will ever compare to what God has to offer us. There is nothing. Those places, those experiences, nothing will. Because what is it? I need it again. I need it again. The thrill seekers, right? I'm going to jump out of this plane and I'm going to be in a squirrel suit. Don't get me wrong. I would love to be in a squirrel suit and fly. I would love to do it. You know what's going to happen to me? I'm going to hit a tree. <laughs> or I'm going to go straight down. That's uh, highly skilled people. And I've watched videos of people doing that. And they're right over mountaintops, like this far over a tree on a mountain. And I'm like, that is so cool. 
What happens though at the end of the ride? I need to do it again. I need to go. Just understand that's a somebody has to maintain that when they get older, their body's broken, can't do it anymore. No longer have that pleasure, that joy. Understanding that no matter what our body is happening in our body, whatever it is, that joy of the Lord can still reign in our hearts and understand that the pleasures he have with us are, are in this life and forevermore. Amen? Amen. Praise God for that. Uh, Lord, we thank you so much for your word and that you give us everything, Lord, that you provide all that we need. It's all in you, and we can find uh, all that we need for counsel in your word. We know that sometimes you may want to counsel us in prayer or through uh, Christian brothers and sisters. Whatever it is, Lord, you are faithful to, to counsel us. You're a wonderful counselor. You know, the scriptures call you yourself wonderful counselor. We thank you so much that we can come to you, that sinners can come to you and be blessed. This blessed, this type of blessed, understanding the failures that David experienced in life and that he's writing of these things. Praise your name, God, that we, we ask, God, that we would be men and women of integrity, that we'd be steadfast in our character, that we wouldn't be, as we say, you know, wishy-washy, that people don't know what side of me they're going to see or whatever, that we would be steadfast in our conduct, and that we wouldn't be led astray by anything, that, that we would walk in uprightness, that righteousness would come from us. Lord, that we would uh, speak your truth in our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace and peace to you all. Have a great week. See you uh,